0: believers strengthened in their faith, and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord, and welcome to For Science Sake. Thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
1: It's a privilege to be with you as we start another week of broadcasting. And, Junie, we're going to go back to the very beginning. I mean, literally, insofar as the Scriptures is concerned. And we're going to talk about four words that everybody knows. Anybody who's read the Bible knows these four words. And those four words are, In the beginning, God. Now we read these words, we've heard these words, we know these words. And I think the natural reaction when we hear these words is to relate it to time. Because we are finite, God is infinite. And in our finite minds, whenever we hear the beginning... We relate it to time, but we need to understand this, that God was there before anything, and God is timeless. God was before time. God's name that he gave to Moses in English was, I am that I am. In Hebrew, sometimes that's translated, I will be what I will be. So God is always. We need to take those four words in the beginning God, and apply them to our lives now, because he was and is and is to come. So again, that's the timeless nature of God. And we need to apply, in the beginning God, to every aspect of our lives. We need to ask ourselves, what is the origin? What is the beginning of the words we speak? What's the beginning of the things that we do? What is the origin of our thoughts, our ideas, our prayers, our hopes, our discernment, our wisdom? Again, if things don't start with God in our lives, Junie, we're not going to be able to live the life that he's called us to live. Where does our faith originate? I know there's a scripture, I believe it's in the Gospel of Mark. It says, have the faith of God. So even the faith, even love must start with God. Otherwise, we're going to miss the purposes of God in our life. So do we really believe, in essence, that we no longer live, but it's Christ living in us? We need to really see that he is the beginning of our true life. Can each of us say that it's Jesus who has given me uh, everything about me? The words that I speak, do they come from Jesus? It's Jesus who has asked me to do this. It's Jesus who has given me this thought. Do you believe Jesus' words when he said, without me you can do nothing? And Juni, that's such a powerful verse because anything we do that doesn't begin with him, that doesn't have its origin in him, is valueless as far as the Spirit goes. So we might believe it doctrinally, but do we really believe it as a way of life? Should Jesus not be the beginning of everything in our lives? That's the essence of being born again. And we must realize the dramatic change that's needed to take place in our lives. And the change is very dramatic. In fact, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, as our Master, as the one who's going to live and move, in us as well as us having our life in him and we live and move and have our being in him that it's really a 180 degree change from the way that we were for example everything in god is so different than our natural way of thinking and being for example do we want to be exalted well in order to be exalted we have to humble ourselves the word of god says blessed are the poor in spirit Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Totally contrary to the natural way we think. Do you want to live? Then in actuality, to have that life, we have to die. Are we willing to lose our life, which in Hebrew really is the soul. It's Hebrew and in Greek. Do we want to lose our natural life so we can find our true spiritual life? Are we willing to put aside our natural ways And allow the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, to direct our lives, which will be so contrary to the way that we have been living without the Lord. So, we're going to be speaking about uh, an issue that really exemplifies this. We're going to take one issue, and that issue from the Bible is being strong, or looking at the word strength as an example of how different God's view is from our natural view And we'll see through just looking at that issue of being strong or having strength and show the dramatic change that's needed in our understanding so we can be pleasing to him and allow and welcome his Holy Spirit to direct us. So, Junie, let's look at a very particular psalm. And that psalm is Psalm 84. And just by looking at these verses... We're going to see the dramatic, again, I use that word quite a bit here, the dramatic change that's required in us to realize that in the beginning, God has to be everything for us. So let's, if you have your Bible, turn with us to Psalm 84. And it's a wonderful Psalm to look at, but we want to point out four verses. Junie, maybe I could read one or two of them and you read one or two of them. Okay, for example... In Psalm 84, verse 4, we read these words, How blessed are those who dwell in thy house. And verse 5 says, How blessed is the man whose strength is in thee.
2: And in verse 7 we read, They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. And verse 12, O Lord of hosts, How blessed is the man who trusts in you. And it's interesting, Shelley, because you pointed out Psalm 84, and you know Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, spoke to us about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field when it comes time for faith. And in Psalm 84, we see How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her head. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and my King, how blessed! are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And you know, Shelley, if we find that the swallow has a nest for herself and we find that the dwelling place of the Lord is a good place for us, how much more should we see that God wants to provide everything for us and be our strength and, you know, if we have something, God can't give it to us. But when we're empty, yes, God can fill us. And in our weakness, in the areas of um, doubt in our own life, He can become our strength, can't He, if we cry out to Him?
1: And, Junie, that's a, that is such a great picture of what we're talking about this week. Because when we looked at those verses, verses 4, 5, 7, and 12, what's the essence of those verses? Number one, they speak of communion, just as you spoke of now, and intimacy with the Lord, as well as acknowledging our total, complete dependency upon him, especially as it involves the issue of strength, which was mentioned in three of those four verses. So you know, without the Lord, we think of strength, perhaps from the manly standpoint, as some macho person or some bodybuilder who's muscular muscularly strong. But it's just the opposite, as we'll see throughout the course of this week, about the true strength that comes. Again, we're talking about in the beginning God. And if our strength doesn't come from God, what value is it? Because then it's self being exalted. But God wants to show us, and I pray that we could bring it across effectually this week, Junie. That our dependence, is, our dependence is upon him completely, not just in our worship and praise, but in every aspect in our lives. That's why I love that verse from the book of Acts. In him we live and move and have our being. And that involves how strong we are. It's an interesting verse, journey we read in Romans 5, 6. For when we were still without strength, In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So again, even our salvation came when we were without strength. In fact, if we think of salvation for each one of us, Junie, it's not because we sought after God, but I really believe God had to put something in our hearts, in our innermost being that allowed us to call upon the name of the Lord. So in the beginning, it was God that brought us to salvation.
2: And you know, Shelley, in every man, woman, and child that has ever been born, God himself puts a portion of faith in each one of us. And there's a void in every individual's life that we try to fill with things. We think if we have more money, we'll be happy. Or if we have fame, we've attained to something. Or the goals that we have in our heart and mind, we think that uh, that will fill us. And isn't it interesting that the greatest actors or actresses or the wealthiest people in the world so many times are on drugs or drink heavily because the void that's there has never been filled. God has a void for him to fill. Yes, Lord. And nothing else can satisfy that void or the portion of faith that God gives each individual that cannot be satisfied until we find the Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the Living God. So I pray during the course of this week that as we share with you about what true faith is, what true strength is, And remember in the beginning, God, that anything that doesn't start with him, that anything is other than his life, that anything that's other than him becomes empty and void.
1: Amen, amen, amen. And perhaps we can close with a scripture that we all know, but again, related to the fact that we're talking about in the beginning, God, and we're talking about using strength as an example. But in Zechariah four six, we read, "Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit," says the Lord. In other words, power and strength come from Him. Father, we declare the words in the beginning, God.
2: Thank you, and Lord. And we pray
1: for Junie and myself and those listening that we would look for you as the origin of everything in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
0: Amen.